Praise God. What lies, what lies before us, Christians? Amen. Man continues to write laws. Courts continue to make decisions. And as Christians, not all laws and decisions are in line with the word of God. None of this is new. And all of this was indeed prophesied. And we are beginning to see God's word, word unfold before our very eyes. We ask ourselves, what does this have to do with us Christians? What will we do? We continue to see that man is coming up with his own devices and his own plans for what he thinks is the right thing to do. And in so doing, again, God's laws in many cases are in violation. So what are we to do as Christians? The word of God says indeed that we must follow man's laws. However, the word of God says that God is first. When Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and and Abednego were told, you know, never to worship their God, but to indeed bow down to the golden statue of Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel was told, told to stop praying. That was indeed the law of the land. But they chose to do God's law. So we as Christians, where does that leave us? As man continues to make his laws, as the statues continue to be erected, quote-unquote, as Nebuchadnezzar may say, to bow down, to bow down, to bow down, God says that he is first. So the question is, what lies before us as Christians? And how bold and how strong will we be? Because I believe that the beginning is just beginning. The beginning is just the beginning. Amen. And the things that I've read about for years, for years in Scripture, now we're beginning to see them happen in our own time. Amen. So we're going to look at Scripture today. And I really pray that Christians are staying abreast of the news and things that are occurring in our times. And this is not a political message. This is indeed, it's a biblical scriptural message because Jesus tells us to to be aware of the times that are around us. Do not think for a moment that because we as Christians, uh, we shouldn't be watching TV or shouldn't be watching the news. You know, know, that's, that's a deception. We need to know what's going on. This day and age that we live in with Facebook and, and uh, uh, what's the name, Tippet, Tippet, Twitter, 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 Tippet, Twitter, yeah, Twitter, Twitter, show you how, how, how adept I am with social media. But with all the social, social media that's about and, and with TV and the newspapers, we can know in an instant about what's happening around the world. Amen. So consider ourselves blessed in that regard. So we as Christians need to know what's going on around us. We have an advantage over ancient times in that we have all of these computerized things in the airwaves to, to, uh, to guide us and to let us know what's happening. But now that we know, what do we do? And how do we live in Christians in this continue, as Christians in this continuing darkening world? Amen? Amen. And if you watch the news and you see what's going on, I mean, sometimes your spiritual blood will start to boil. But we know that all of these things have to come to pass. So the question is, how do we live? So let's go to the book of Matthew. And let's go to a very, um, very, very popular verse here. Because we've certainly been here. Go to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. We need to need to always start with a foundation here and build a foundation as we go forward. Matthew 24. And we're going, just going to revisit some of the things that, uh, uh, that Jesus talked about and then move forward in looking at what's happening in this day and age. 
Okay, Matthew 24, and starting with verse number 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when, underline when, tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign, underline sign, of thy coming, and the end of the world, underline end. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Take heed that no man deceive you. So please underline that too, because right away he's saying, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And shall deceive many. So Jesus Christ way back then, some 2,000 years ago, was saying, Beware that no man deceives you, because many will come in his name, and they shall wind up deceiving many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Look around, you look around the globe, how many different wars are going on. I mean, there's, there's some faction against another faction. There's all sorts of wars going on all over the planet, just about. Okay, and, but Jesus is saying that the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation. We see that happening. Kingdom against kingdom. We see that happening. And there shall be famine and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. We know that's indeed happening. Earthquakes all in some of the strangest places. There is famine throughout the world in various parts of the world. And also there is pestilence. All, right? all these things are the beginning of sorrows. Underline beginning of sorrows. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. And shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Underline, they shall deliver you. They shall deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all these nations. Underline, for my name's sake. We see right now that there's a persecution of Christians going on around the world. We see that, you know, in some places, of course, obviously it's much more violent where there are people being beheaded and actually killed. Um, in this nation, in this country, in other more quote-unquote civilized parts of the world, there's still verbal assassination, if you will. If you are a Christian and you believe in Jesus Christ and you're strong in your faith, then you're, you're talked about, you're denounced, you know, you're, they kind of downplay what you have to say. And you don't hear many people speaking up for us as well. Matter of fact, you hear people speaking up for all other things that are going on in this world, but you don't hear people speaking up much in beha- on behalf of Christians. So Jesus said way back here, 2,000 years ago or so, that you'll be persecuted for my name's sake. Then in verse 10, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. Put a bracket around verse 11, or highlight the whole thing. And many false prophets shall arise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax or grow cold. Okay? Because iniquity shall abound. Well, we know that iniquity is abounding. Everything that is wrong just about nowadays is considered right, and everything that's right is considered wrong. Look at the sin, the rampant violence that's going on, and people, sometimes you're like, how could so-and-so get away with that? You know, we know that's wrong. How do they get away with it? You know, so iniquity here is the same thing as lawlessness. Lawlessness shall abound. Okay? But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Highlight verse number 13. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, 
world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end will come. So please underline, and then will the end come. Now, here's, here's kind of an indicator for us here, because it says that the gospel of this kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. That, thanks to the internet, and thanks to social media, and thanks to a lot of um, electronic devices, the gospel is indeed spreading to places that up until now it could not be spread. You know, many times, you know, people like uh, Marilyn Hickey and some of the others have been brave enough to go into China and smuggle, smuggle books and things. These are hard, hardcover, hard copy paperback books, you know. But it's very hard for any, any country to take to keep out the internet or to keep out a village that has one notebook computer, you know. I read some place that I forget what organization was donating laptop computers and, or a laptop computer and a satellite dish to one village. I think it was in Africa. And what that village did was after they used it for their Bible study, then they took the satellite and that one computer and they passed it on to the next village. And the people gathered around on a given night during the week and listened to the word. You see, so it's very hard for you to keep the word of God out because of the the airwaves, all right? So with that, I see the word of God, the gospel of the kingdom, preached all over the world. So it's spreading. And then Jesus says, and then shall the end come. Okay, so we're going to pause there because these are just some of the things that Jesus said to focus on. And we see some of these things happening. But now it even gets more interesting because now we go to the second book of Timothy. Okay, go to the second book of Timothy. And the second book of Timothy, and we want to go to chapter 3. Okay. Now, this is where is being predicted the apostasy, or the falling away of the church. Or the falling away, I should say, of people from the word of God was predicted. And we also see this happening now. Okay, chapter number 3, verse number uh, 1. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Sound familiar? Men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, underline without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Underline despisers of those that are good. Okay? In verse number two, where it talks about being disobedient to, to parents, remember I said a few moments ago that while we obey, the word of God says to obey man's law, but the word of God supersedes that. So if man's law is driving you to disobey God, then you can't follow man's law. Okay? In similar fashion, if a parent is guiding you to disobey God's law, then you cannot be obedient to that parent. So when this is saying disobedient to parents, what this is saying is that if you've got a godly parent that is indeed well versed in the word of God and that parent is guiding you into that into the word of God according to the word of God that we should be obedient to that it does not say that we have to be obedient to a parent that is guiding us away from the word of God it is simply God would not say that God would not have us to be obedient to someone that's leading us astray see but many times I'm ashamed to say as a parent that there are many parents that will use that as an argument 
that the Bible says you have to be obedient to me. Well, if you're taking me away from the word of God, God says that God is first. Amen. So that negates that old, old thought, old saying that a parent is always right and that you have to obey the parent. Okay. So I don't want anybody writing me on the internet or something like that because this is what the word of God says. All right. If you are a godly parent and you're leading your child in according to the word of God, then God expects that child to obey you. If you're leading that child away from the Word of God, okay, that child, if they're of age and they're, they're able to understand what the Word of God is saying, don't be surprised that they're not obeying you because you're trying to take them away from the Word of God, okay? Not my words, you read it for, you read it for yourselves right there, okay? It goes on to say, um, uh, without natural affection, despise, despisers of those that are good. We see that happening also. Verse 4. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than the lovers of God. Underline that. Lovers of pleasures more than the lovers of God. All right? How many times do we hear of people wanting to do things simply because it's pleasurable? Okay, Even though they know that it's against the word of God, they still put that pleasure first. They will go on and do that thing because it feels good. What is what's the Holy Spirit? If it feels good and it's not hurting anybody, it's okay to do it. Well, guess what that is what is guess what that is at the core of at the very basis of an old thing called hedonism hedonism which ran rampant in Greece and in Rome okay whatever felt good it was okay to do it and those were the pleasure centers of the world doing all sorts of sinful behavior all right so as the word of God says they're lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God if anything is so pleasurable that it takes you away from the love of God then you need to stop and examine that because you're heading down a very dangerous path all right verse number five having listen to this having a form of godliness Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. All right. So having a form of godliness, but denying the power of, you know. And this, this is where, where, you, where you find someone that acts so holier than thou, acting so pious. But then when you come down to talking to them about the deep spiritual things of God, all of a sudden they deny it or they push it away. You know, or someone that will stand up in front of a lectern when he or she is speaking and proclaim that they're a Christian and so forth. But then in their everyday lives, if you start getting into a deep uh, theological discussion about the word of God with them, all of a sudden they will poo-poo it and they will deny it. Okay, so while they they have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof from such such turn away or stay away. Put a bookmark here and let's go to Titus. A little book shortly thereafter. Oh boy, got these new uh, new things in here, and it's hard to. Okay, Timothy. There it is. Okay. Uh, I want to go to Titus. I finally moved away from my old Bible that was falling apart, and now I got to break this new one. And praise God. Okay, Titus one sixteen. Titus one sixteen. Okay. They profess that they know God. But in works, they deny him. All right? They profess that they know God, but in works, they deny him. Being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work, reprobate. All right? So put a bracket around that or highlight it. Okay? They profess to know God, but in their, in their works, they deny him. 
Again, see, this is, these are people that say that, oh yeah, I know the word of God and I'm such a strong Christian and blah, 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 but look at what they do. Look at what they're really saying, alright? So the word of God here is telling us in advance that these things would indeed uh, come to pass. And we're seeing that before our very eyes unfolding. It continues to say here in verse number 6, For of this sort are they which creep into houses. I love this. For, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, with various lusts, forever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So they creep into houses, in other words, they manage to find their way into your life. You know, and they find their way into your life in the most insidious or sometimes the most uh, uh, um, harmless ways. Someone will knock at your door, you know, with a pamphlet in their hand. You know, or you'll be speaking to someone that you know really, really well, and, and they'll start spouting off some things that they heard some other place. And they're being driven by untruths, you see. Yes, still they'll start telling you these things. And again, this is someone with a form of godliness. And then all of a sudden, you start following and believing what it is that they're saying. All right? And then also, forever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth, look at man. You know, man has found his way into the outer, outer reaches of the solar system. Man has made wonderful scientific uh, um, advances. All of this knowledge, but yet still when you start talking about Jesus Christ or the truth of God, or you start talking about how the fact that someone through the laying on of hands can be healed, or how a limb can grow back in, or how an eye can be replaced, all of a sudden they, they deny that, you see? Yes, though, they're intellectually extremely capable. You take an astrophysicist with all of this knowledge, yes, though, when you talk about them real truth, truth with a capital T, meaning God, they deny it, you see? And we see that happening before us now, you know. It's only been of late, the few people that I've spoken with within family and other places, when they're in the hospitals and with doctors, that I've heard that some doctors actually took, actually took time and prayed with them before a procedure. That just makes my spirit leap for joy because now I see that there are indeed those in the medical, in the scientific community who are indeed beginning to acknowledge the power of God and that God and science are not at odds with each other. They're not at odds with each other at all. Amen? Amen? So you see, so, so, so back here is being prophesied that this learning would increase but never come into the knowledge of truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, verse 8, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. You see? And this is one thing that we as Christians have to be so cautious of, especially in the years to come. And again, I'm not getting political, but I'm talking about something that we Christians should be a part of, and that is the voting system. We living in this country, this is our land. God gave this land to us. Amen. Amen. As Christians, we should be strong in what we do here. You know, that as you you go forth in the elections coming forth, you make sure that you're prayed up. That you're using some discernment, you know. There's going to be a hundred people, you know. We know in one party already there's almost that many. But there'll be a whole lot of people that's jockeying for your attention, that's trying to get you to vote. And I think all Christians should vote also. We have a voice in this country, you know. That you listen to what's going on, listen to what they're saying. Because every single one, depending on to whom they're speaking, will claim to be like them. When they're in a Christian group, they'll start, they'll start spouting Christian things. They'll start talking about God, and some will talk about Jesus, you know. But by their works you shall know them. Okay? Having a form of godliness but denying it in what they do. If someone is going to be talking about, about being such a strong Christian, then how can they support some of the things that are out there today? How can they support? There are so many things that are out there today that they want you to, to support and, and embrace. Yes, so those things are against the word of God. As simple as that. Okay? God loves every single sinner. 
It is not God's will that anyone should perish on this earth. Okay? So it's not that, not that we hate homosexuals. It's not that we hate transgenders. It's not that we hate, 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 hate. God loves all of them and we should love them also. But we do not subscribe to their way of life because it's counter to the word of God. Okay? Which means that we should be praying for them and willing to pray with them. Alright? You know, if, if anyone was to come into this ministry, we certainly would not, uh, we certainly would not turn them away. Amen? We would embrace them and hopefully that they will, will see and come to the Lord and realize the truth. You see? But as we move forward, we see this beginning to happen more and more and more. Amen? Amen? It says uh, in verse number 9, But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. One thing I am very, very confident is the word of God also says that all things done in darkness will be revealed by the light. Okay? So, as you see what's happening by various speakers that are on TV and in the newspapers about the promises that they're making and the laws that are being passed and so on like this, anything that's being, being done in darkness will indeed be revealed. The reason I'm bringing this to you today, because of decisions that were made are so counter to the word of God and against what we believe in, how do we... How do we judge and gauge ourselves in terms of how we should behave in this day and age? Okay? I'm not saying that we should be against anyone that's like that or in any other thinks any other way that we think we should be praying for them to understand what the word of God is saying that does not mean that we should not love them but it does, does mean that we cannot participate in anything that is, a, that is counter to the word of God I guess what I'm saying is that the way things are going, if something was to impact you directly as a child of God, and you were asked to behave in a certain way, or to support something in a certain way, or to do something in a certain way, or go somewhere in a certain way, if it's against the word of God, and I don't care whether it's man's law or whose law it is, if it's against the word of God, how strong will you be to resist it and to stick to the word of God? That's the bottom line. Because the writing is on the wall. The writing is on the wall. As Jesus said these things would come to pass, they are indeed coming to pass in our lives. So we all have to do some soul searching in terms of, you know, if this came directly in front of me in my everyday life. And for most of the things that are happening out there, many would say, well, that's so far removed. It's in Washington, D.C. or someplace else that it wouldn't impact me. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Okay, because this is just the beginning. As these things unfold, they will begin to get an impact. The individual, you know, the smaller man, as we're called, you know, we're not up in politics, we're not in Washington, D.C., but it can very well come to impact you right where you live. So the question is, how will you deal with it? How will you handle it? Will you remember that God is indeed the one that's first? Verse number 10 goes on to say, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Please underline that, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. We kind of think again that things are so far removed, but I, I kind of project really jumping ahead, but if it came down to the time where this was like the tribulation, and if it was a matter of, um, right now, it's hot. And there are folks that are scampering to get, you know, air conditioners and fans and whatever, and water to stay cool. What if it was water, something that usually is so plentiful? All of a sudden you hear about the sweltering heat coming down, and so you say, boy, I better go down to Walmart or to Winco. I better stock up on some water. And interesting enough, 
just like when we had a blackout and I waited till the last minute, went out looking for batteries. <laughs> Everyone was in that battery aisle and there was very little to be found, looking for a lantern and things like that. You could very big find them. And people were keeping their cool. They weren't getting to, you know, but you could see in their eyes, their eyes were this big. And if they saw something and you didn't get to it first, they'd beat you up to get to it. So you could kind of see it in their eyes. It looked like Christmas shopping, all right? But like Christmas shopping, all right? And you know how that can, especially Black Friday, okay? You know how that can be. You know, all of the, the sanity and coolness of people just goes out. The coolest person becomes a maniac all of a sudden. But think, think, think ahead to like, you know, if we were thrust into the tribulation, now the world, word of God says that we'll be raptured way before. But how would you be if on these hot summer days you needed water and you went down to Walmart or Winco and there was like one bottle left or something? And there was some guy there who was the water guard and he was standing there and he says, you want that bottle? Do you deny Jesus? Do you deny the Lord? Do you denounce your faith? Look at it. It's nice and cold, ice cold. And you stand there looking at that as your tongue swells up in your throat. What would you do? Okay? This is what this is saying. Okay? And it's going that way, even so it hasn't gotten to that point yet. But it's beginning because if you disagree to what the majority is saying is the right thing according to man's laws, then you're a pariah, then you're wrong, you know, you're a bigot, you're a so-and-so phobe, you're a this and a that, you're everything, you're everything but a child of God, alright, okay? And that's how they ostracize you, that's how they persecute you, what Jesus is talking about in there, because of him, see? If it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't be running the risk of being persecuted. Stop and think about it. If it wasn't for Jesus we wouldn't be running the risk of being persecuted. We would just deny him and be like everybody else that doesn't know Jesus. So that bottle of water could very easily be yours. All right, but what good is that going to do you in hellfire in eternity? All right, that bottle of water certainly wouldn't last very long if you could take it with you. If you could take it with you. Okay? All right? All right? So we see here the beginning of times. Okay? We've seen that um, there were signs that were up that are, uh, we are not done yet. This is just the beginning. So it's just starting, folks. So the point that I'm making to you today, again, I'm talking about the Word of God here, not getting political, but talking about the Word of God here, that it's time for us to really start taking the things of God very, very seriously. Because what may have seemed so far removed from us, you know, like in Sunday school when you were a kid, and come on, let's face it, because I was there. In Sunday school when you were a kid, you were thinking about the baseball game. You weren't hardly thinking about what the Sunday school teacher was telling you, you know, because it seemed so far removed. But now that you've grown into an adulthood, many of you have children of your own, and you see what's happening around you. You see that these things that were prophesied in Scripture are more and more real than you could ever imagine. All right? And it's taking its way in a very, very insidious, very, very quiet way. If you look at what's happening, happening here, um, you will see that there's a plan. And every single thing that is held by God to be important is what is being attacked. All right? It started with music several decades ago. Mm-hmm. Music is very important to God. It says that the angels praised God. The psalms that are in the Bible originally were sung. They were songs. Amen? That was attacked. Look at music. Some music today. All right? Uh, marriage between a man and a woman. Look how that's under attack. And so on down the line. Okay? So it's not that God doesn't love those people. God doesn't indeed love them. But yes, what God is saying is that what they're doing is against His Word. And that's where we need to be. 
Alright, and so I'm just saying all this to you so that you can start looking at what's going on around you and prepare yourself just in case that winds up coming your way in your day-to-day life. Alright, it says there, um, uh, verse number 12, uh, Verse number, did I read 11? 12. 12. Yea, and all they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Evil men and seducers shall grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. You see, again, it's going to get worse and worse. You're going to be seeing more things. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which in, in Christ Jesus, which is in Christ Jesus. So what he's saying there is that this evil and the seducers are going to grow worse and worse. It's going to be increasing. All right, but we need, as Christians, need to continue in the things which we have learned. We have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture. All scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly, um, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So what it's saying is that the scripture, the very thing that you're reading was inspired by God. And the reason that it is written for us and given to us this way is because it's profitable or it benefits us for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. The Word of God can correct us. Okay, it gives us instruction in righteousness. With all of this stuff that's going on, yeah, please highlight verse number 16 and 17. It goes to show you that everything that's going on there, God is saying in His Word here, that first of all, the words that you're reading in was inspired by Holy Spirit. We, as Christians, thoroughly believe that every single word written here was inspired by Holy Spirit and given to man. So therefore, this is God giving us this advice now. And if God wrote this thing some 2,000 years ago, and it is spot on, it is spot on to when you look around you and see what's happening, then it's something for us to, us to take notice of. And if we as a child of God, if we believe that, uh, um, that salvation in Jesus Christ is indeed true, and that I'm saved, and that I'm going to heaven, if you really, really believe that, then you have to believe the rest of the Bible too. Okay? One of the things the deceivers and the false prophets will do, the false teachers will do, is they will get someone to believe that these scriptures are, are spot on, these scriptures were inspired by God, okay? But these are the scriptures over here, well, that's just some imagination. Somebody was smoking something when they wrote that. It wasn't written by God. Okay? And these are the deceivers, okay? Because we don't take parts of the word of God and say, this is applicable, this is good for us, another part that isn't. Okay? Because guess which parts they always take and say, this is from God. It's always the good stuff. Alright? It's always the good stuff. But God's going to bless you. You know, things like that. That they'll say, oh yeah, God is saying that. But when it comes down to telling you what God shouldn't, God is saying you should not do, or things you should not be involved in, that's the part where they say, well, you know, this is the 21st century, you know, and that was written to them back in those days. So God wouldn't want to, you know, God is going to modernize and improve and, and things like that. And that is not true at all, because what does the word of God say? That God says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. So we know that God does not change. That what God wrote way back here still applies to us today. So, if what God wrote way back here still applies to us today, then the things where God is telling us what things will come to pass, that means it will come to pass. All right? And you have to be as blind as a bat to be living today and not see these things unfolding before you. You have to be blind as a bat. But the reason that some people don't see it is because they choose not to see it. 
Alright? They think that saying that man has evolved and we're living in the 21st century now. It's not like it was back in these days when they didn't have cars, didn't even have jet planes, didn't have television, they didn't have Facebook. You know, how can they know what the real deal is? How can they know? Amen? But the same things that are happening, the evil, the people who say they are Christians who, and are acting otherwise, it's right there before you. Amen? Things being maintained as, boom, this is law. You have to follow it. Be as though it's counter to what the word of God says. Amen? Amen? So every single, every single thing that uh, is written in this book was inspired by Holy Spirit and given to man. And then here, in closing, let's look at, um, let's look at chapter 4. Okay? So what we read before was the apostasy that, it, that, that, that was predicted. Oh, by the way, let me, let me read to you what apostasy or the falling away means according to the uh, Schofield Bible here. Um, apostasy, a falling away, is the act, listen to this now, apostasy, the falling away, is the act of professed Christians who deliberately reject revealed truth. Okay? Apostasy is the act of professed Christians, Christians who claim that they're Christians, who deliberately reject revealed truth. Apostasy differs, therefore, from, from error, Concerning truth. Apostasy differs from error concerning truth, which may be the result of ignorance or may be due to the snare of Satan. Apostates, or those who have committed apostasy, depart from the faith, but not from the outward profession of Christianity. Okay? So they will still profess to be Christians, and they know what the deal is, but they deliberately go the other way. Okay, whereas someone operating in error, you've heard of a, you've heard of a, you've heard of a spirit of error, you've heard of a spirit of error, and one that that's where someone is just deceived and they don't know any better, and they're off talking about Christian stuff and they just don't know it. The apostate or one that is in, in a, into apostasy here, okay, is they know what the truth is, but they deliberately go about saying something else and still profess themselves to be Christians. Okay, and this was prophesied way back then. And we see that indeed happening today. They call themselves Christians. Okay. And some of them standing up there know the deal. They know. But they're choosing to go the other way. Oh, how dangerous that can be. All right. How dangerous that can be to the body of Christ. For those of us who who don't know better and who are not following Holy Spirit. And who are not being led by Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit that's in you. The Spirit of the living God. That communicates with your spirit. When you hear this apostate talking, when you hear this person who is claiming to be a Christian, that's spouting all of these things that you know are counter to the word of God, you should know it in a heartbeat. Holy Spirit will certainly bring it to your attention. That's not what I Holy Spirit will say. That's not what I said. Okay? Yes, so this person who is claiming to be a Christian knows different, but because of their own agenda, they wind up saying different things. See, and that's the key. Their own agenda. Okay? And while they may think that's their own, it's their own agenda, it's not even really their own agenda, because behind all this thing, who is, who is the one that has the agenda? Nothing but Satan himself. Alright? To destroy everything that Christ put together, everything about God, every, every Christian belief, Satan would love to destroy that, you see? So he'll get a Christian that will stand up there to achieve its, his or her end, and will say things that's counter to the word of God. Alright? So, again now, how, how do we behave as faithful servants? Let's go to uh, chapter 4 of Timothy here in closing. 
I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant or diligent. Be diligent in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So that means that you 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 uh, correct people, you re- reject it, you you um, exe- help people by trying to show them the right way, exhorting with patience. Long suffering is patience and doctrine. For the time will come, verse three. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts. Shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into fables. Okay? So what's that saying? For the time will come when they will not no longer will they um, stand for, for, uh, or, or listen to sound doctrine, but they will follow their own lusts. And they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. So those, in other words, those people who, who are, 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 are no longer following the word of God, they have an interesting way of gathering those people around them that are in, of like minds, who think the same way. All right? They will gather them, but after, they will, um, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. So if they can, they will turn others away from the truth as they have been turned, turned uh, away from truth and will follow fables, you know. And when you say fable, you know, I think about, you know, Hansel and Gretel, Little Red Riding Hood, and things like that. Oh, no, no. This is talking about fables about the Word of God, where they're saying that the Bible says this, or the Bible says that, you know. Or, or you know, uh, God is a God of love. So therefore, I don't have to know Jesus. I don't have to accept Jesus. Because God is a lo- God of love, I'm going to go to heaven. My God, the God that I know is a God of love. I'm a good person. I make a whole lot of money. I give a whole lot of money away, and this and that, and this and that. You know, you know I adopted somebody. I adopted a child that doesn't look like me. <laughs> you know, you know, and all this sort of thing. <laughs> you know, I adopted somebody that doesn't look like me, and they parade the little kid through the stores. Look what I did, you know. All right, and so that's going to get me to heaven. Okay, I don't have to know Jesus. You sound like a lot of you know exactly what I'm saying. All right, I, I don't. I don't have to get. I don't have to. That's going to get me to heaven. Well, that's a fable. Okay, but yet still they gather people to themselves because others around them do the same thing. Because they all go to the same agency adoption and they all do the same thing. So they all do the same thing. So they all got that same fable that they're believing in. And it's a fable because that is not going to get you to heaven. Okay? And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall, and shall be turned unto fables. Verse 5. But watch, underline watch, but watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Underline, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Okay? So watch what's going on around you. And, and endure the afflictions because, you know, it's possible that we may experience. I mean, we, we here in this sanctuary may endure some afflictions because of things that are coming down. You know, you just don't know. Amen? But endure them. Because as long as you stay in the Word of God and you continue to trust in God, you'll be okay. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Okay, this is where he, he was waiting. He knew that he was going to be um, uh, 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 martyred here. Martyred. Um, and so Paul you know, knows that he's going to be executed eventually. And so he's saying here, um, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Verse 7, I have fought a good fight. Underline that, please. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. 
I have kept the faith, underline all of that. So where we need to be is at a place is that knowing that, have you fought a good fight? Have you really done what God has wanted you to do? Have you really tried and done your, your best to keep the word of God? It says, I have kept the faith. You see, we don't know where things are going to go for each and every single one of us sitting in this room. We know that times are changing. We don't know how that's going to play itself out in our individual lives. But whatever does come your way, um, just continue to fight the good faith and keep the faith. Okay? The good fight and keep the faith. Verse 8. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me, all, give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved his, his uh, present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, and Titus unto Dalmatia. Okay, so, so Demas, this fellow, um, he loved the present world more, and so he cut out on Paul. Okay, you know, and, and, and so be it. I've had friends that I've known over the years that I see no more. You know, and when I think about them occasionally, I will pray for them, you know. But praise God, they went where they felt they had to go, and I went where I knew God was leading me. You know, and we all know people like that, where we have friends or relatives, even for that matter, that have gone their own way, you know. And so this fellow Demas, because he loved the world better, you see. And the folks that I knew loved the world better. You know, I remember one fellow that called me, you've heard me mention it, and he, uh, uh, yeah, come on and hang out, you know, a new club opened up and so forth and down, and yada, 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 and I said, oh, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you meet me at church? At church? I said, yeah, see, I'm a pastor now. You are what? You know? Okay, all right, talk to you later. I don't know, what, 15, 20 years ago, haven't heard from him since. Amen? Love the world better. Amen. I chose where I knew where God was telling me to go, and he chose wherever he thought he needed to go. You see? So the same thing happened to Paul here. All right? And it says in verse number 11, Only Luke is with me. Only Luke. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable. For he is profitable to me for the ministry. And Tychicus that I sent to, uh, to Ephesus. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee, and the books but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord rewarded him according to his works, of whom be thou, be thou aware also, for he has greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Underline, notwithstanding, the Lord withstood me and strengthened me. That by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and I will, I will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute Presser, Aquila, and the house of Onesphorus. Erastus, Erastus stood at abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. Do thy diligence to come before winter. Eubulus greeteth, greeteth thee, and Pudens, and Linus, and Claudia, and all the brethren. The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. All right? So here he's saying here that these were the things to come, and to be aware and watch out. And so it is with us also. There are many things that we're seeing before them. I say, put on your spirit ears and your spirit eyes so that you can see what's going on and do not be deceived. Uh, the Word of God says that, that, the, that in these times, it's possible that the very elect could be deceived. Well, you are the very elect. 
that you could be deceived. So don't go thinking that just because you are one of God's very elect, that you cannot be deceived, because it may be possible, all right, if we don't keep our spiritual ears and spiritual eyes open, and listen to what Holy Spirit would be saying to us, amen? So what lies before us? A lot of great and wondrous thing lies before us, but again, just make a commitment to yourself that your yardstick for what you should do in life, your measurement of how you should be moving in life, is God's word, okay, and not anything else that man or anyone can tell you to do, amen? Praise God, I hope this message was a a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.